0: Let's bow our heads as we pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you gave us the opportunity uh, to be counted among the living this morning. This morning, we're here to worship and praise you. Uh, For me, I pray that may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, you who are my rock and my redeemer. I invite now the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 John, we're preaching from 1 John this morning, chapter 2, verse 15. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Get ready to read with me, uh, if you would, please. Um, Starting from verse 15. Now here comes an absolute command. This is a command. Uh, the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Uh, please know that God didn't say, I don't want you to love the world like the world loves the world. And, and he never said, I don't want you to love the world too much. He gave a command, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust to the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What a great statement. Love not the world, that's a command. And, and I wonder if you can say in, in in your life you are honoring that command. We live in a society where our lifestyles are imperial. Uh, we, we live comfortable beyond measure. We have what the rest of the world Envies in the super extreme, and it's easy to start loving our world. And yet, the Bible says, with an absolute command, that we are not to love what's here, we are to set our affection on things above. Now, when God says, Love not the world, I think it's important to remember what is the detail here he is commanding. In the Bible, there, are, there were a number of words, all of which could mean world. And this is a very specific one. There's a word in the Bible for the word world. That means all the people of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave, his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's not commanding you not to have an affection and love for people. In fact, to the contrary, he commands us to love people, even our enemies. We are commanded to show a divine love to them. And there's another one in the Bible. A word for the word world, which means the physical world that God created and the beauty of it. We love to travel. And we get to see places as we travel and look at this world and what God handiwork is and what he created. The Bible says it testifies of him. There are places in the world that you say, I want to be there one day if God blesses me. And not to have an affection uh, for what we are looking at here, uh, that's the handiwork of God. That's not what God is forbidding. It's not forbidding a love for people, and it's not forbidding a love of what God created. That is what we should love, only what God created. The world, the the word world uh, here is that word uh, for which is the world that's going on around us. Have you ever watched uh, news? A news broadcast, and, and, and somewhere in the broadcast they say, and now from the world of sports, and, and thus the word, man, we are going to take you to that universe that's spinning around what's going on in these sports. And you know what God says? I'm absolutely forbidding you to get affection to what's going on here. I I struggle with that. I, I, I find that what's going on here is really attractive to me. And all of a sudden, our plans, our agenda, my dreams, your goals, everything starts spinning around what's going on here. And God says, I forbid you to get attached to that. I don't want you to be attached too much. I want you attached. I don't want you attached like the world's attached. I don't want you to get attached at all. No one is going to do that by accident. You will never obey this command by waking up one morning uh, and say, well, uh, I don't know how it happened, but uh, uh, maybe it happened when I was sleeping in the night. I-, I don't love the world like I used to. Like some will say, I don't love to go to parties like I used to go to parties. Uh, uh, you know, every party I was there, they, they know me by my name. Uh, uh, I-, I have stopped doing stuff like that. Or if we were living in some third world country where the medical conditions and food and everything was in such short supply, you did say, well, I wouldn't really love what's going on there. But we live where the lifestyle in the United States is very seductive. And the command is still identical, love not the world. Now, what would it take for you in your heart to make that decision? What would it take for you to say, I'm going to obey that command? But then God takes it a step further. And really, I don't believe you can obey the first command without obeying the second command. And it says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. You know how most of us get attached to this world. We fall in love with stuff, with things. Personally, I love cars. And I I love pens, pens, a pen. Uh, It's something that I was always fascinated. And this morning, my wife, somehow, she goes, uh, can I have one of your pens? And, uh, uh, and I say, uh, why? Uh, she says, oh, you always have special ones. Just give me one. And I said, you don't know what you're talking about. But she knows I kind of collect pens. I somehow love to see ink flowing on paper. I love to write. Uh, I I know I write better than I speak, (laughs) uh, because I read. But then, uh, some of you love different things. Uh, Some of you are obsessed, even to the way how you look, your looks, right? Uh, And and then, what else do we love? Some people love big houses. Uh, And the list goes on and on. Uh, something in your life, a thing starts to get an attachment, and it's, it starts to pull you in. And, and, and we, we love things. We, we love to collect things. And how many of you already have more things than you have room for? Just, just, just look in your garage or, or just look in your closet. It's a mess in there. You know it. Hold your hand up, would you? If you have more things than you need. And I want more. I want more things. How many of you got more things than you can use? I'll say hold up your hand again. Even online, you can still hold up your hand. And I'm one of these guys. Yes, I go to the gym sometimes. But there are other times I feel like I should just buy an exercising equipment and just have it at my house. And yet I know I, I feel healthier if I never take it out of the box. And all of a sudden, all our stuff, our things get a grip on us. And you know what God says? God says, I don't want you loving what's going on here. I want you to set your affection on things above. I want you to set your affection on heaven. And then he says, I don't want you loving things that are here. Because if you get attached to things that are here, in short order, you will be attached to here. Now the question is, how good are you at breaking that attachment. Now, it's amazing what one person loves, another person has no affection for at all. But I promise you, the devil knows what to dangle in front of you to get you attached here. Yeah, this brother said it during the lesson. I happen to like pants, like I told you. And collecting different types of pants is my hobby. And I have all kinds of them, like I told you already. This time around, I was in China. I hope this thing will work. I was in China. Uh, let's, let's see. Let's see if it's going to work. Let's see if it's going to work. So I was traveling to China, that was 20, uh, 2019, and I was in Beijing. Early morning, in my hotel room, I'm flipping TV channels, because most channels here are in Chinese, and I'm searching for an English channel. And while at it, something just caught my eye, a commercial about pens. Fine pans. I I thought, a thought just came up, I should go get a deal. I I should get a deal. I'm in China already. Uh, This is where all these manufacturers are. And you call this impulse buying. Now I feel I could get a really super good one. And I found the place online and the advertisement or the commercial says, Secure the product with a deposit of 40%. And uh, I said, yes. And the, the commercial says, you can receive this pen uh, in a few days. I say to myself, I don't want to receive it. I want to go get it, okay? I should have this by today. And so I, I'm busy now. I Google the address to the location. And uh, I took the Uber drive I I, I called for Uber, and in no time, Uber was there. It took this driver 45 minutes to get me to this location called the Monte Grappa Official Retailer. And uh, when I get there, this is one of the finest pen stores uh, in the world. I came walking in and they said, what can we do for you today? Uh, this is a really, really swanky store. And I said, I want to buy a pen for a friend of mine. I say that so I can negotiate, okay? You never buy for yourself. You buy for somebody else if you want to negotiate the price. But was buying this pen for myself And then I said the dumbest words known to man. I said, and price is no object. Don't ever be so foolish as to say those words. They said, oh, we are sure we have what you would like. We we are sure to have what you would like. Next thing I know, they said, we want to take you back to one of our pen salons. I said, a pen salon? They said, yes. A decision of this magnitude, you need the proper ambience and setting in order to really make it. I said, okay, well, let's go to the pen salon then. I walked into the most wonderful room. There was a black velvet jeweler's table in front of me. The most wonderful chair with vibrators in it that you sit down and they said, get comfortable. There was this incredible kind of blue-white light cascading down and they had this incredible music just wafting through the air. They said, would you like a cappuccino? or espresso. I say, that, that did be fine. Great. So I'm sitting there drinking cappuccinos and I'm vibrating and looking at all this and this is what I was looking I looked at that pen right there. It cost $487,000. And the, this one is named after the Russian word for pencil as you can read. And that's another pen I looked. And this one costs. it's a masterpiece, cost $730,000. The body of this pen is made of white gold with an 18 karat gold nib, more than 800 diamonds, and three variations in involving uh, uh, rubies, sapphires, and emeralds. It's a disease. That's why the Bible, set your mind on things above. Everybody is trying to get your attention. If you can see it and hear you like it, you're going to make a decision. So when the Bible says, set your mind on things above, it is very true. Because before you know it, they know how to talk you into making bad decisions. Look at this pen, it costs a million dollars, okay? It's just a pen. And then it goes on, and that one costs 1.4 million. I'm just giving you visuals of what life can do. And this pen over there, this one costs 1.5 million. And you think this is costly? No, look at that. that this pen here, that's the most expensive pen. And this pen costs $8 million. You go online, you see this pen for sale. Today, this is not even history. This is the world we live in. And God said, set your mind on things above. You know, sometimes we quickly say, oh, look at your garage. Yeah, probably it's things that we used before, and then we just lost love to those things. And we push it away. But some people really live a life where they think they're over here for eternity. They are not even thinking about heaven. Now, this man says to me as I was vibrating in this wonderful chair, Man, this is something. Your pen, he said, sit down here. Sit. Don't worry. Your pen presenter will be in shortly. Then I said, is that what you call your salesman? A pen presenter? They said, no, 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 no. He's not a salesman. We are not here to sell you, right? I said, right. The next thing I know, this man comes, delightful, greets me, and he said, I understand you want to get a pen, a good pen. He said, you're so fortunate. You are so fortunate. He said, we are having a special sale today on one of our nicer pens. He said, this pen, he said, is phenomenal. He said, it's, 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 it's the type of pen that you use through multiple generations. I begin to see my grandchildren using the same pen for generations to come. I said, well, that sounds good. He said, and it's on sale half price today. I said, half price? He said, yes, wait here, I'll I'll go get it. And then he comes walking back in with what looks like an incredible little chest in his hands. Now this chest is made up of real fine curved wood. And this is it here, right there. That's the chest, right there. The pen's house, it's in there. And then he says to me, now this chest is made up of of real fine curved wood uh, made out of teak. And then there's marble inlay inside. And I'm looking at this box, and and he said, this is the home the pen lives in. I said, the pen has a house? He said, yeah. I said, ooh, amazing. He sets it down and he says, before we open the house, he said, just touch it. Touch the house. And he said, I want you to note the marble, the mother of pearl inlay. He said, there, there is little gold pieces. He said, That is very fine, real gold. I said, Whoo. The pen is inside there? He said, Yes. I said, Does the house come with the pen? He said, sure it does. Now, I don't know how uh, he did this. Suddenly, the, the lighting changed a little bit, and he opens this up. As he opens it, more light comes up, and as he opens it, more even more light comes right down on it. And I'm looking at it, and I said, sweet, this thing is drop-dead gorgeous. He said, lift it out. Boy, I, I reached in and I lifted this pen out. He said, this pen is entirely handmade. He said this, this, he said, it takes about four months to craft it. And he said the, the pen, nib, the nib, the point, is is not stamped. It's hand tapered. Those are real jewels, and he he po- he's pointing them all out to me. And and boy, I got that pen in my hand, and I, I'm just looking at it. I said, "This is beautiful. This is beautiful." How much is this? My friend would love this. I said, "How much?" He said, "It's half price today." I said, I know, I, I know, but how much? Half of what? And 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 he said, I just want to tell you, in our entire history, we have had this pants for almost a hundred years. He said, it's never been on, it's never been on sale. He said, it's so fortunate you came today. I said, I know, I'm very fortunate. I am a very fortunate somebody. How much today? He said, today, right now? I said, yes. He said, 40000 That's the pain I was looking at. I wasn't looking at those big ones. I just wanted to look good. And then he looked at my face and realized I was so surprised. He said to me, I, I thought you said you, it-, it, was, it-, it was for a very good friend. You are trying to buy for a good friend. I, I said, He's not that good a friend. <laughs> if my friend is going to cost me 40 grand, that's not a good friend. I-, I-, I said, Can I ask you a question? He said, Yeah. I said, uh, You sell these pants for 80,000? Because you told me it's half price today, right? So on a normal day, you sell this for $80,000. He said, yes. I said, how many have you ever sold yourself? He said, well, the company has sold many. But he said, if I remember right, I probably sold hundreds of them. I said, 100 people came to you and paid $80,000? for a pen? He said yes. I said, sir, how do you do that? And he said, Mr. Stewart, all you have to do is get them to love it. That's it. And once they love it, they will pay. Well, I, I, didn't, I, I did never pay $80,000 for a pen, but look at what you would pay. Look at this. Look at this. It's cold outside, we can learn something, right? Have you ever heard, you heard people doing any plastic surgery or surgeries, right? To look good, right? First the reason, Why do they do surgery? Lines, wrinkles, and setting. Natural aging process and excessive sun exposure can leave you uh, looking much older than you really are or than you feel. Plastic surgery is a great way to tighten the skin and make these problematic lines and wrinkles disappear. Number one. Number two, injuries that cause disfigurement. That's a good reason for surgery. We all agree, right? But do we agree that we need to do surgeries to fix our aging lines? Okay, let's go. Excess fat in different problem areas. Even if you exercise regularly and eat healthy, there may be some problematic pockets of fat on your body that do not go away. Liposuction is a sure way to get rid of these pockets of fat When natural methods prove ineffective, do you subscribe to that? Do you really subscribe to that? There may be certain extenuating circumstances, maybe if you are 600 pounds, right? Number four, getting or keeping the edge in your career, okay? First impressions means a lot in social situations, but they can be especially crucial with job interviews, and any sort of careers in which you have to serve as a public figure, this is where undergoing plastic surgery can give you a major edge. Do you subscribe to this? No, not a Christian. Loose skin from the effects of aging. Uh-huh. Set your mind on things above. Now, if you want if you don't want to age, it means you want to be here forever, right? You want to be here forever. And that's another reason. Loose skin from effects of aging. Six, loose skin from major weight loss. Eh, maybe if, like I said, if you're 600 pounds, this may be helpful. I don't know. Changes to the body after pregnancy. You see that? Now I was pregnant. I I wonder what my mother did back in the day. Okay? Did they have to do surgery? A mommy makeover procedure can restore the appearance of a woman following pregnancy, medical issues possibly related to cosmetic issues. You see that? Avoiding, teasing, and self-consciousness. A seeing and, and self-consciousness can occur okay due to cosmetic issues. This is especially true for children who have large or protruding ears, for example, undergoing an ear pinning surgery as you can see. Number ten, improving your confidence and sense of self when you don't feel that you look your best can have a major effect on your self-esteem. And this is what the world wants you to pay for. The world wants you to pay for that. And I'm here to tell you that uh, you don't have to subscribe to that. Right? Are we together? Amen. Right. So this message, we, we must talk about these things because it's also happening in the Christian church. How do Christians respond to things like this? You as a Christian, how do you respond to things like this? Here we go. The Bible does not specifically address a Christian having plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery. There's nothing in the Bible to indicate that plastic surgery is in and of itself wrong. However, there are several things that one needs to consider before deciding whether or not to undergo these procedures. Altering one's body is unnatural and there are always risks of potential side effects both physical and psychological. No one should allow himself to be put under the knife without first thoroughly researching all alternative risks and side effects involved with surgery. A person also needs to fully identify his or her motivation for desiring the surgery for many with physical deformities whether genetic or acquired, it is natural to want to fit into society and feel normal, okay? There are also cases of slight abnormally, uh, abnormalities that will cause someone to feel very uncomfortable with himself, such as very large, or Miss Sheppard uh, nose, but many, if not most plastic surgeries, uh, attempt to meet emotional void in physical ways to attract attention or to seek approval from others. When vanity motivates a person uh, to, go, uh, under, uh, to undergo surgery, he, she has become her own idol. The Bible warns us not to be, uh, to be vain or uh, conceited and not to draw attention to ourselves by the way we look. Another concern will be the cost. This is a major consideration because most people have families, and the expenses of, of plastic surgery should never come before the needs of the family. Do we agree? The Bible also tells us that we need to use uh, uh, wisely the money that God has entrusted us. The most important thing to do before making the decision to go uh, 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 to undergo plastic surgery, will be to consult God about the issue the Bible tells us that God cares about every worry concern that we have. So we should take our problems to Him. Through the wisdom and guidance of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, we have the ability to make decisions that will please and honor Him. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Did you hear that? And so even the most skilled surgeon cannot hold back the hands of time. So those who go for these operations trying to look younger, listen to this. Even the most skilled surgeon cannot hold back the hands of time and all cosmetic surgeries will eventually have the same result, edging, those lifted body parts will sag again, and those cosmetically altered facial features will eventually wrinkle. It is far better to work on beautifying the person underneath that of your inner self the unfailing beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Uh, deliberately, I just wanted to talk about this. The reason is simple. If we don't talk about these things, then who else will talk about these things? We, while at least we are focused on this virus, we also... Uh, not noticing what the devil is doing to us and most of these uh, surgery stories they always have struggles like the way here now there is something called cosmetic procedures and cosmetic procedures are on the rise why people who do it believe in the deception they believe the lie here is the lie Stop the daily what to wear, struggle, and finally feel happy in your clothes. That's the lie. Feel confident and carefree with your spouse or a partner or boss or a co-worker or your party pals. Know you look great uh, at the club or beach or when you're negotiating a deal. We also understand that every woman is different and that every woman's body, health, history, and goals are different. That's why our experienced staff and board-certified doctors work closely with you to achieve the look you want. That's a lie, right? That's a blue lie. They lie to you. Now, Hayley, there's a lady by the name Hayley Lane, who stars on the British Internet documentary series called hooked on the look, has spent about half a million of dollars on plastic surgery, half a million, while she's 32 procedures, she's 32 procedures closer to achieving what she considers a perfect body. The 28-year-old needs, by estimate, at least another 10 surgeries, 10 more surgeries, and she says, once you get to this level, there's never any stopping. Lane admitted on the shore, you have to maintain this look for the rest of your life. And part of the maintenance has involved 13 breast operations over the past two years, and they resulted in four trips to the emergency room lane nearly doubled the size of her existing breast implants from 650 cubic centimeters to 1200 her body couldn't handle them and she needed reconstructive surgery to repair the damaged the damage to her breast tissue so these are the things that the devil is doing you hear all these injections you hear the botox uh, Botox was actually the most popular, uh, 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 they call it, uh, non evasive procedures. And 258,000 people uh, had this procedure in 2018. Uh, this surgical procedure can be done on, on various areas of the body. It, you don't need to go under the knife. They can just inject you. And they are doing these things. And then there's tummy tucks. You hear about this. And the tummy tucks were uh, number five most popular with more than 130 procedures. And it goes on and on. You get this on the New York Group for Plastic Surgery, Botox and all that stuff. It's going on. And suddenly, we get affection to what is here. That's why I gave you another I need you to think out of the box. The things that you always think is different. The devil is smart. While the virus is going, people are so obsessed in the way they look. And they are spending all this money on jewelry. I told you about it. And that's what the men probably do. And yet the women just like to look beautiful, uh, whatever cost. So their plan is to be here forever. And yet the Bible tells us we are what? We are pilgrims. Where is our citizenship? It's in heaven. And suddenly we get affection to what's here. Here's what God said. I don't want you loving what's here. And I forbid you to have affection for things that are here. The Things, things, things were never meant to be loved. People were meant to be loved. Things were meant to be used. People were never meant to be used. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. So God gave us the Bible as a manual for us to live a healthy life. You break the rules in this manual, and he said, your mind has got the ability to kill you. Your mind. You know, some people, while we're praying good prayers for those who are really sick, who really need surgery, what is wrong about us praying for a a soldier uh, who was in a war zone, and then he got bent by uh, maybe a bomb, and then he needs surgery uh, to make him look good and be acceptable. That's a good cause. But when you don't have any injuries, you go look for injuries just to look good. That's crazy. So we talk about these things in church because even God's people are doing it. And now I know I'm going to get some bad emails coming my way because I, can't, I don't have to stop anybody. So I'm trying to stop a few, but it's okay. Somebody has to say this. Our bodies are governed by some rule that are in the Bible, which is God's manual for our healthy living. And he said, obey them, please. If you eat right, you exercise occasionally, and follow the manual, which is the word of God, you'll just be fine. Right? Right. So can you imagine that you, you would rather want to to, to, to to fix yourself? If God says you're going to go to heaven, a little chubby, so let it be. If, if God says you're going to go to heaven with one leg after an accident, that's what God has already purposed for your life. You can't change his will. In the book of Psalms, David writes in chapter, uh, in, in chapter uh, Psalms 139, verse 13 and 14, for it was you who created my inward part, you knit me together in my mother's womb, I will praise you because I've been fearfully and wonderfully mad. You are good as you are. You are just good as you are. And God's got Emmanuel. And he says right there, my word is eternal. God's word is what? Is eternal. Infallible. This is what governs your life. And he said, my command is don't get affection. To what is here, I forbid it. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Today, my friends, you hold the decision trigger for your life on earth. The reason that you are heaven-bound this morning is because you made the decision to ask Jesus to save you. You hold that decision this morning. You hold the decision whether you obey God's rules and I beg you, so simple, uh, these, uh, there's all these kind of things around us, bidding for our affection. I'm, I'm commanded not to be uh, affectioned here, but to set my affection on things above. And I'm commanded not to lose things, not to love things, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Would would you be willing to make that decision? That's a command of the God we serve. This affection for here, this affection for the things is not going to govern my life. This, by the way, is all temporary. It passes away. And the issue is, will we have that eternal affection set where God wants it? Every time I see a nice pen, every time I see a nice pen, I think of my pen presenter. I think of that pen living in its little house, and me sitting there drinking cappuccinos, getting my back vibrated. And as I got ready to leave that salesman that day, he said, ha, ah, We have another fine pens that are less. I said, You got other cheaper ones? He said yes, and I said how much less? Well, considerably. He said we have a wonderful ones. I said for how much? And he said for twenty three thousand. I, I I said I need way less, a- and he said we do. I said how much? He said we got another one for fifteen thousand. And he say, I, I said I said less, sir. I need way less, and I and he said yes, we do another one for how much? 10,000. I said to him, you don't understand me. I need way less. You know what he says to me? He said, sir, let's go outside. Let's go outside. Because suddenly, what they are trying to sell you, they realize you don't have the affection for. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And your prayer and my prayer is create in me a new heart or a clean heart so that I may not sin against thee. May the, may the God, the living God bless you as you make these decisions with your families on what to buy or what not to buy. You only live a one life and that one life you need to live it Uh, in a way that is a quality life, not quantity, quality. That's why people exercise, why we, the Adventists have a health message. But also Adventists, we are caught up in these things where we try to improve our looks to the point that we get sick, to the point that the quality of life is disturbed by our own thoughts. May God help us. Let's pray. Father, you've been good to us. Thank you for the highlights of what's happening here on earth. And you want to encourage us this morning that we set our affection, our minds on things above. For we know our citizenship is in heaven. Over here, we're just passing by. You've been good to us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.